Welcome back to another episode of the Tag Team Podcast. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Anthony Tartaglione. Join my brother, Johnny Tartaglione. And today we got a nice hot topic of discussion up for you. I hope you guys all enjoyed your Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, This is going to be coming out a few days after Thanksgiving. But today we're going to be debating one of the highest topics that me and Johnny have had arguments over for the past few years at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And that is turkey or ham. Dude, it's ham all day. But why? Because the sweetness of ham. I don't know what it is. It's just, it just, it's more flavorful. I feel like turkey can sometimes be bland. Like when I eat turkey, I gotta have gravy on it. Or I gotta have like some, I gotta have something on turkey. When I eat ham and it's a honey baked ham, straight up, full flavor. See, but here's my thing. When I eat like a steak, right? It tastes... The, my biggest turnoff on steaks is that there's fatty pieces, right? Okay. When I eat ham, it feels like I'm just eating an entire fatty steak. That's like, not true at all. No, because I like deli meat ham. Like, I like thin-sliced, honey-baked ham. But when you get the fat ham at Thanksgiving, it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not bad. But turkey is just so much more superior. And here's why. That's not true the at all. The process that goes into making turkey is way more revolutionary and way better because you get to decide what seasonings you use. You get to decide. The problem is... This dickhead just used turkey and revolutionary in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Most people like to season their turkeys with just salt and pepper. That's lean. You got to get in there with some bourbon. You got to get in there with some apple cider. Some other things that you use in the baster, the master baster, <laughs> to get the turkey right. We call the uh, the turkey baster the master baster. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you suck. But... Turkey is the staple of Thanksgiving. It always has been for a traditional standpoint, and it is the best meat that sits at the dinner table. I'm not here to argue that turkey is not the symbol of Thanksgiving. I'm here to argue that ham just tastes better than turkey. No, it does not. It purely does. I go up to the dinner table, and I probably get, when I go for seconds and thirds, I always go back for turkey. I never go back for ham. I take one piece of ham, I put my gravy on it, and I suck it down. I'm like, this is pretty good. But it's not as good as turkey. All I'm saying is that when you eat a piece of ham, you're not putting gravy on it. You don't need the gravy because it's so flavorful. The turkey needs the gravy. And that's where I find the problem is that I like my meats to be very flavorful. If we bring ham, the honey baked ham, just, I, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's just my favorite dish. Every Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's one of my favorite holidays, and I look forward to eating the ham straight up. It's ham and it's sweet potato casserole. That's all I really need, and I'm banging home a fat plate of Thanksgiving food. But the turkey, I I don't mind turkey. Turkey's like so-so for me, and that sounds un-American, but it is what it is. Like, I, I don't go out of my way to eat turkey. The only time I ever really eat turkey is on Thanksgiving. And yes, I do stack my plate high with turkey, but that's that's just for the holiday. And that's just because it's Thanksgiving. And like you said, it's fucking revolutionary to have turkey on your plate at Thanksgiving. It's not, that's not what I said. You're misquoting me. I said it's revolutionary in the way that people are seasoning their turkey with salt and pepper and then saying it's worse. They didn't season it properly. And, and what, what I'm trying to say is turkey is not a meal that everybody eats year-round. I think, I'm pretty sure that everybody only eats turkey on Thanksgiving unless they're eating it on a deli sandwich. Yeah, I right? mean, that's what I'm saying, but I don't even Same go. with ham. Well, are you gonna Are you going to go down on a Tuesday night in October and eat ham? Get a honey-baked ham and eat it? No, but what I'm saying, here's what I'm saying, is that even when it comes to deli meats, because obviously the flavors are very similar. It's still ham and it's still turkey, but I eat ham sandwiches all the time for lunch. 
and I don't always, I never really eat turkey. I eat turkey once in a blue moon. And so that translates and that correlates into the Thanksgiving dinner because I prefer the honey baked ham over the turkey. And let me tell you, when you open up that ham and it's the honey glaze on the outside of the ham and you get that in with the meat itself, that honey glaze with the sweet ham flavor, oh my God. I can't get over it's the texture though. Die for it. I can't get over the texture. What's though? the difference? It What's tastes like I'm eating texture? a fatty, it, it tastes like I'm eating a fatty steak. Okay, and turkey doesn't? No, turkey it does not. Turkey is pretty turkey similar is, texture. No, they don't. Why? They're different. Are you telling me yes. that turkey cannot be rubbery ham, because ha- it can be rubbery? But ham has got much more of a rubbery texture than turkey does. Turkey is no. a lot more soft, and that's why I break it down. Because here's the thing. From a flavor standpoint, I can understand why you think ham's better. I don't, I don't think that way, but I think a lot of people could because it is very flavorful. But when you season a turkey properly and you just take that bite with that gravy on top, dude, mwah. You know what I think? Mwah. I think that sometimes turkey can get dry, and when turkey's dry, it literally just feels like I'm chewing. Well, you just got a bad. You just got a bad person who cooked the turkey is bad. But the turkey we had yesterday, shout out to my uncle, did cook an amazing turkey yesterday. There was a lot of effort involved, and I did in fact enjoy the turkey. I'm not here to go against turkey because I do like turkey, but I'm a firm believer in the fact that a honey baked ham with that honey glaze on the outside is. Unfucking defeated. Well, if you're a vegetarian, we just wasted five and a half minutes of your time. But I want to shift to another thing on the Thanksgiving dinner table that seems to be debatable: mac and cheese. Do you think it should be on the turkey dinner on the Thanksgiving dinner table? I think mac and cheese is always welcome. I do. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with mac and cheese? I feel like we saw a couple tweets this week about how NFL players, some NFL players, were like mac and cheese deserves to be off the table. We don't have mac and cheese at our we did Thanksgiving. It. We did not have mac and cheese. Did we, you feel the need last night eating that, damn, this would be really good if there was some mac and cheese in Did I feel the need to have mac and cheese? No. Would mac and cheese have been nice? Absolutely. I would have devoured some mac and cheese last night. But it's not like, oh my God, this Thanksgiving dinner sucks because I didn't have mac and cheese. It was just like, okay, we didn't have mac and cheese. I'm just going to fucking stuff up on the stuffing. So you would or say I'm it would just be a positive added but not a necessary requirement. Yeah, because a lot of people think it's a necessary requirement to have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving dinner. It's not Thanksgiving dinner without mac and cheese. What I don't get is the people who hate on mac and cheese at thanks at Thanksgiving dinner. What's wrong with it? It's it's. I feel like mac it's and cheese, cheese and noodles though. Like that's the argument. The yeah. argument is it's just cheese and noodles. But I feel like a good mac and cheese could be a very festive side item for a fall meal such as Thanksgiving, and that's where I mean. Anyone can eat whatever the fuck they want to for Thanksgiving. Like, have what you want. It's Thanksgiving. It's it's the holiday season. Eat what you please. I, I don't think anybody should have a problem with, th- with mac and cheese being on the table at Thanksgiving. Now, do I think it's a traditional Thanksgiving side dish? No. Do I think it's a good add-in? Absolutely. Well, one of the things they were talking about was how it's... We were talking about last night at dinner because I said, why don't we have mac and cheese this year? I was surprised. And then my dad said to me, he said... We've never had mac and cheese before. And I had to go back and think. I'm like, wait, no, we haven't had mac and cheese. Yeah, it's just not something that's been traditional. So I feel like it's something that's in the southern United States. I see a lot of people on their stories posting about the mac and cheese. I feel like it's definitely something that is in a regional dish. Well, I also feel as though that we had so much food last night that sticking mac and cheese in there would have been a little bit difficult. I also think it's hard because whenever I get my Thanksgiving dinner plate, right, I put all my food on my plate and then I pour the gravy all over the entire That's plate. That's so dirty. Everything. That's dirty. Everything gets gravy. That's so dirty. What do you mean? That's filth. You don't like stuffing with gravy? You don't like mashed potatoes with gravy? I'm not you don't like that. turkey with gravy? Okay, you don't like I, ham with gravy? 
No. First of all, I just if you, you don't like to take you, you don't like to take the, the the mini croissants and dip those in gravy. If you'd gotten the shit out of your ears about three and a half minutes ago, I just said that eating the ham alone is the best flavor. It doesn't need gravy. Two. Everything else, I mean, I think the I don't know if you really put gravy on a green bean casserole. That's kind of iffy. I don't like green bean casserole, so I can't speak on the matter. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I like green bean casserole, but I, I feel like every year I get my Thanksgiving plate, I run out of room, so I end up just stacking shit on top of shit, and it's like... The gravy gets mixed in anyways. I mean, it does. It gets... Yeah. It, you know, it is what it is. Another hot take I saw where people were arguing about the idea that, that you are disgusting if your food is touching on your Thanksgiving dinner plate. Well, to that's that note, possible. To that note, I want to say... What are you doing? Eating on the little kids' plates that have the sections broken off? When you have a Thanksgiving plate, that thing is loaded. Yeah, it's loaded. How do your food not touch? The food has to touch. But it is what it is. So like, I thought that was a ridiculous take. So anybody that thinks you can go, I understand there's people who don't like their food touching. But if you're saying it for Thanksgiving, I would say it's an impossible feat unless you had three different plates. Although I am going to say that when I make my Thanksgiving plate, I sort it out to where I don't want some foods intertwining with other foods. So I kind of organize it, and I know when I go about getting my food that this food's not necessarily going to want to – I'm not going to want to mix these two foods together. So I try and separate them accordingly, but if they mix, they mix. It's whatever. Yeah. All right. Last question before we close off this segment, move into our next one. Favorite Thanksgiving side dish? It's, I just said sweet potato casserole. All that's day. not That's not even close. See, my problem is I never got into it. I've never never really liked sweet potato, and that's my biggest issue. Because I feel like I feel like a villain for not liking sweet potato casserole. If, if you don't like sweet potato casserole, just stop listening to this podcast. But I'm I'm on the podcast. I'm the host, and I don't like sweet potato casserole. That's unholy. <laughs> that's honestly, that's unfathomable. Yeah, that's terrible. I'd say, look, my that's, f- that's blasphemous. My favorite Thanksgiving side dish. Is that, whole- that 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 is blasphemous. <laughs> you shit me. I would say. Oh my god. My favorite Thanksgiving side dish always up to this point has been mashed potatoes and gravy just because I've been a sucker for mashed potatoes. It's a classic. It's such a classic. It's a classic. But this year, our uncle's fiance made an unreal. What is so funny? I'm just thinking about how last night my my mashed potatoes were getting in with my, my sweet potato casserole, and it was kind of a dirty mix. You're losing <laughs> it right now. Back to my point. <laughs> mashed potatoes and gravy is unreal the best for my entire life i've loved it as my favorite side dish but our uncle's my uncle's fiance made this insane oh stuffing God. it was unreal it had it sausage in it i don't Some even know what the, I, yeah i don't even know what the fuck was in it but it was delicious oh, and i would say oh. i would say that was probably my favorite thanksgiving side dish oh yeah yesterday that i was, ate three plates of that shit that was tasty down the throat real quick for dessert Apple pie, not not debatable. I can't say I can't speak in the manner. I don't like apple pie. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! We're gonna be kicking off the. I'm gonna be kicking off the my co-host. This is ridiculous. I've just never been a pie guy. Look, this is ridiculous. I'm not okay, so here, what's your favorite? I'm not gonna sit here. Dessert? I'm not gonna sit here and say pie sucks, but oh. I'm gonna say it's not great. Okay, so what's the best dessert? That's a tough question because I'm not. A, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge dessert guy. Yeah, but there's got to be a dessert at Thanksgiving where you're like, all right. I oh, yesterday I was pounding the cookies, dude. The cookies were going down like yeah. water. I mean, cookies. Cookies are always banging. It's safe to say that we all put on a couple pounds last night. Oh my gosh! But dude, that was insane. 
I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving dinners, and we just wanted to give our little hot takes on what we thought, and we definitely had a major debate last night at dinner, and I said, we got to put this on the podcast. First thing, Black Friday, we're arguing about this. Yep, and um, yep, so stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment, and coming up next, we're going to be talking about some good and in-depth college experiences, so stay tuned. Keep it here. shift into a new segment that we haven't really talked about a lot i know our very first episode of this podcast ever was high school memories but now that we're just getting older and johnny's a working man now i'm about to graduate we're just going to share our most impactful semester in college that stood out to us something that we thought was just the best semester or the worst semester just influential to who we are and the reflective experiences that we took on to college. And I know mine is going to be pretty wild because it was a huge adjustment period for me. But Johnny, I think we should start with you first just to get into what happened in your semester. Yeah. So as many of you know, in the spring of 2020, that was when the pandemic began and started to grab its roots. I, uh, I studied abroad that semester and I left in the beginning of January to go to Glasgow, Scotland. And yes, it is spelled G-L-A-S-G-O-W. So many of you would say Glasgow, but I could tell you you're wrong because you don't live in Scotland and you don't have a Scottish accent, so it's Glasgow. Anyways, before I left for Scotland, I was pretty much shitting myself because I had left a country before, but not anywhere that wasn't the Caribbean islands. So this was the first time I was going into a different time zone that I was that far ahead and just immensing myself in a completely different culture. So it was certainly a life-changing experience just due to the fact that it was completely different and everything around me was just abnormal. And yes, they spoke English over there, but the culture is still completely different. But anyways, I got over there in January and let me tell you, I was low-key kind of miserable when I got over there just because of how much of an adjustment it was and I didn't really know anybody and I was missing stuff back home so I had slight FOMO going on and I leave the Charlotte airport at around eight o'clock in the, in the evening and I my first layover was in London so it was at Heathrow and we landed in Heathrow at around 7 30 in the morning maybe 7 a.m and it was pitch black outside at 7 a.m. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, why is there no daylight yet? So anyways, I get through the airport, I get through security, and I go to the bar and I drink a fat beer at 8 a.m. But it was six hours or it was five hours ahead over there. So it was almost like I was drinking a beer at like 3 a.m. But I hadn't gone to bed yet. So that beer twisted me up. I drank a beer and a mimosa, and I ate some pancakes. I remember you drank a Corona, didn't you? It was a Corona. You you sent me a picture because I was like, this is interesting. This is so cool what you're doing right now. I was at home. Obviously, I'm still awake because it's 3 a.m. Like, who the fuck am I to not go to bed before 3 (laughs) a.m.? But you sent me that picture, and I was like, oh, shit. He made it. This is it. And I was – I'm going to be honest. I was nervous for you. That, dude. It was something else. But anyways, I got over there. I was all banged up on the plane. I passed out. And when I landed in Scotland, I don't remember exactly what time I landed there. 
but it was cold, it was rainy, and I was like, what the hell, man? I was like, I didn't know what was going on. It was so unreal. It was almost like I was in a dream, but not really. Like I knew I had I had prepared myself to go over there, but at the same time, it was still surreal to be over there in a completely different country that was overseas. And it was just a complete culture shock for me as well, just because of how different things are over there. But anyways, I got there, and by the time I got to my hotel in Scotland, it was about 4.30 in the afternoon, and it was pitch black again. And for me, I'm a guy who loves sunshine and the beach and warm weather. And Scotland is cold, windy, rainy, and about seven hours of daylight in the wintertime. And no beach. And no beach. And the weather can fuck you up in your head. It could, it could mess with your head. Oh, it, trust me. I live in Syracuse, New York, where I get seasonal depression. It's so bad to the point where... You walk out, out of your class, you know, because obviously I don't wake up before 7 a.m. That's just not who I am, and the sun rises about then. But I wake up at about 10, 11 every day, sometimes 9. I get up a little earlier. But by the time I'm getting going in my day, it's dark by 4.30. Yep. And I just feel like the days are just so short. So, anyways, I started to get into my classes, and I was down horrendous when I got there. I had one of the worst bad beats of my life so i got there and my dumbass decided that i was going to go through the e-gates and for many of those who have never studied abroad you are absolutely not supposed to go into the e-gates when you were studying abroad as a student because you have to go through the actual person at customs in order to get your temporary visa to study abroad some people who are who are listening, like me, I don't even know who, what the, what is an e gate. It's literally you just scan your passport and you you walk in. You it's an e it's an electronic gate. You scan oh. your passport and it logs you as going into the country instead of actually getting a stamp. But I fucked up, and in order for me to stay in the country, I had to have that learning visa as a student, and I had to have the actual stamp. And so guess what? I got there and I realized that I fucked up. And I was really upset. And on the next day, I, in order to get the visa, I actually had to fly out of the country and fly back into the UK. So I landed in Scotland at 4 p.m. And on 7 a.m. the next day, I was on a flight to the Netherlands. I landed and I was in Amsterdam. I sat in the airport for three hours, went to a Starbucks, pretty cool. And I flew back and I got my visa. So it was a shitty start to my study abroad trip. But anyways, the classes are super weird. I had 9 a.m.s, which is like, they treat 9 a.m.s as 8 a.m.s. So I was like, okay, this is fine. Like 9 a.m. isn't bad at all. And I only had like three to four classes a week. And some of them were like every other week. But the coursework was kind of weird. I never had any tests. It was all just like lecture halls. And then you had a final exam at the end. So I went out, I went throughout my semester. I ended up I ended up seeing Paris one week, but then as many of you know, in March, the fucking pandemic hit. One of the worst things that ever happened. So I had learned that many of the students who were studying abroad in Europe were coming home, like people who were in Italy or in Spain because COVID was really bad over there at the time. And yeah, Italy shut down completely, remember? Yeah, Italy was like the first big country to be heavily affected by COVID. And as a student, I was like, I can't go home because I don't know what the hell is going to happen with my schoolwork. So I was just focused on school. I was focused on my classes. 
and I get word that all these people are being sent home and I'm like, what the hell? I was like, in Scotland, they weren't saying anything about it. And then on a night, it was a, it was a Wednesday night and Wednesdays were my night to go out over there because I wasn't even 21 yet. So I'd never been legally allowed to go to a bar in the US. So I was like ripping bars like three nights a week, like just having a good time going out Friday, Saturday, Wednesdays. And on a Wednesday, I went to the same club and I was out partying, whatever. And it was in a basement, so I had no cell service. So I'm down there. I was, you know, I was drinking like a college student. I was like all banged up, whatever. I walk out of the club, it's 3 a.m. And it's like, it's snowing outside and it never snows there. It was like surreal. And my parents called me and they're like, we're getting you on the next flight home. And I'm like, fuck that. I was like, I can't come home. And they're like, no, you're coming home. And this was on a Wednesday. And I was like, okay, I gotta figure this shit out. I'm still trying to study. I'm trying to get my credits for college, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it had so figured out that our school decided on that Friday that they were sending the people home and going all virtual. So on Wednesday, I was planning on staying there because I didn't know. And then I was on a plane that next Monday. So just four short days later. So the pandemic really screwed with that. But all in all, the study abroad experience was just crazy, getting to see what a different country is like and how their students operate over there as well. It's just really different. Like, I don't I don't know, like, I wouldn't say attendance was mandatory, but it was like kind of mandatory. And then it so ended up being that I got credit for all of my courses that I took in Scotland, and I never had to take a final exam. I completed literally 50% of my coursework and I passed all my classes. So I literally did the least amount of work that I could have. I got all the credit for my courses. And when I got home in March, I went from March to August without doing any kind of schoolwork because everything was shut down. So that was like by far from just seeing the country of Scotland, from seeing France to seeing what different classrooms look like in those countries and seeing the way students go about life over there. It was one of the craziest things and it changed the way I was as a human. It taught me a lot of different lessons in general, just about being self-sufficient and knowing how to handle yourself in situations that you're not comfortable with. So being you know, comfortable in uncomfortable situations, that was probably my biggest takeaway. And that was certainly the most impactful semester of my college career. Even though it only lasted two months, it still had one of the, the biggest impacts on my life. And you know, you look at a week before all of this went down, you were talking about the pandemic. I had a flight scheduled to come over to Scotland to visit you for my spring break at Syracuse. And your girlfriend actually was able to come visit you, went to visit you right when this was starting to like emerge, like everything was going down in Italy. Remember, everybody remembers the beginning of the pandemic. It was yep. wild. Everybody was freaked out. What is this? We have no idea. We're all going to die. It was kind of like this mass hysteria around the pandemic. At that point, it wasn't even a pandemic, but I remember that I had a flight book to come see you. We were going to go to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day. You were going to turn 21 that Sunday. I was going to be there for your birthday. Um, it was going to be just a hell of a week, and then all of a sudden, COVID hit, literally at the worst possible time, to the point where your girlfriend came up to visit you, flew 
and then I was going to come the very next week. She was going to be leaving the airport, and I was going to be coming into the airport at the yep. same exact time. And it turns out her trip got cut short, and you ended up leaving with her two days before you were even supposed to leave. Wow. Because it all just went to shit that's during an- that, that That's another story for another time, because Frank and I were – it was a struggle to get home because we ended up going to Paris, and that was just a whole shit show. So that's, a, that's another story for another time on the podcast. But I will for sure – be happy to tell that story because it was a complete shit show but i do want to kick it over to you to get into your experience but that was just i know that wasn't a whole lot about being a college student it was more so focused on the study abroad experience and what really that taught me and honestly how crazy it was being a study abroad student in the time of the pandemic but i feel like a lot of students that go to college go with the intent to study abroad so I feel like that's a cool experience to bring into and a cool semester to bring into because it's definitely something that a lot of people can relate to but also are curious about learning and want to know what it's about because for me, for somebody who never studied abroad, I was supposed to go to London last semester but obviously COVID hit and it just wouldn't have been possible and they weren't allowing study abroad programs so that really screwed me. I wish I would have gotten the opportunity to go to London. I definitely think I would have enjoyed it. But for anyone who is still in school or is thinking about studying abroad, I would highly recommend it. Even if you're scared and you don't know what it's gonna be like, that's where I was. I was scared shitless to go over there just because I didn't know what was gonna happen. But it ended up being one of the coolest experiences of my life. Even though on many days it was kind of tough to get back in the swing of things just because of the time change, just because I did have FOMO. I personally had FOMO of what I was missing out on back home. And that's a real thing because all your friends are hanging out. Like I love staying up late and talking to my friends or I like going out and doing shit or watching the the Sunday night football games. And when you're five hours ahead, you're just on a completely different time, in a completely different time zone. It's, It's impossible to do some of that stuff. Yeah. So anyways, I would definitely take the time. I would invest yourself in studying abroad or immersing yourself in a different country just to, just to get that experience because it's really tough to do when you're older. So when you're early in your 20s and you don't have all your obligations, go when you have the chance because it really is worth it. And I took a lot away from it, not necessarily from an educational standpoint, but just from a life, a, a, a different aspects of life. And I, would, I and I would back you up on that and say that it's one of my biggest regrets that I never went to go study abroad. Obviously, it wasn't because I didn't want to or that I couldn't. Well, it was because I couldn't because of the pandemic. So I want to shift into what was the craziest semester in college for me. And I feel like a lot of people would agree with me on this. It was my first semester of my freshman year of college. So I want to get into the fact of I made a huge decision in my life to go to Syracuse University. It was a big decision. I had gotten into some in-state schools. I was able to go to school for fairly cheap, in quotation marks, you say cheap. (laughs) It's still tens of thousands of dollars a year. But I decided, no, I'm a broadcast. I want to be a broadcast journalist. I want to be uh, on air. I want to produce content. I want to go to one of the best schools in the nation in the Newhouse uh, School of Communications at Syracuse University, which it was. So I went to go visit April when I was 17 years old, April of 2017 or of 2018. And I made the decision right there was when I was on campus because I fell in love with it. I said, this is the place for me. Syracuse is awesome. They have so many opportunities available. The school is beautiful. The professors are awesome. And I knew I made the right decision. So the summer goes by and I'm like, well, shit. Sally Mae loans, 
FAFSA, all the shit that you need to do as a college student to get Stressful. financially obligated to see that, wow, I'm really about to go to school that is going to cost me over $100,000. That's a big number for somebody like me who still is sitting in at that currently because I have not graduated. But that's besides my point. When I go to school, it was one of the biggest adjustments of my life. I did not know a single soul that went to Syracuse University when I decided to make that decision. Nobody from my high school went. Nobody from any local high schools that I went. Not even one of my friends from out of state that I knew was going to Syracuse. I was all in this alone. I went to the school and took on three random roommates in a quad dorm room with a communal living area in a really old dorm. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be electric. I was super excited because I'm a pretty outgoing person. I like to talk to people that I don't really know. And I meet these people and all of my friends on my floor. And immediately it became something that was life-changing for me. All of these people that I met on my floor to this day, to this very day, I still talk to and I'm still great friends with. My roommates for my first semester of my freshman year, I still live with them three years later. And for people who are going into college who don't really know what they're doing or don't really know where they want to go and they have to make a gut decision. I made that gut decision to take on a random fresh start for me, not knowing anybody. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life because I love my friends up at school and there are definitely some crazy people that I met. But first semester of college, Syracuse is known to be a fairly decent party school as it says. I know I've mentioned that in the podcast before. So freshmen at Syracuse University decide that they want to walk 45 minutes to go anywhere that has social life. So (laughs) I lived in BBB. BBB is on the eastern side of campus near the interstate. All the parties and all of the houses are on the western side of campus over uh, like Euclid Avenue. I know know a lot of people don't know. Nobody knows where that shit is. I know nobody knows where the shit is. But for people who are listening that know Syracuse University, it's over on the west side of campus. This is a 45, 30, 45 minute walk up a hill to get to this place. What's that to a drunk freshman though? Nothing. The point, <laughs> the point exactly. You just you, you just took the words out of my mouth. So you gotta make sure that you get a nice little buzz going before you go up that hill. Now that I'm 21, I love that now I'm 21 and I can just talk about the fact that I drank when I was underage. I know it's terrible to say, you know, but everybody in college, not everybody, most people in college would definitely say that they have drank underage. I would say most people in general have drank underage. But we would go to these parties and they would be the most grimy, dirty, disgusting things that I have ever been to in my life. Dirty with you, a capital day. You walk in there, dude. For example, the hockey club team house. I walked into that place and I would go all dressed up, nice and cologne, wearing a nice button-up shirt. Because, you know, I think I'm cool. I'm a freshman. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to be talking to a bunch of people tonight, being sociable, having a good time. I got a nice little buzz going. I would walk out of there, dude. And it was like I did the the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, you drenched. You stunk out loud. Drenched. It was like a coach after a football game, dude. Just yeah. Gatorade dumped on top yeah. of me. You I walked out of there just soaked and dirty, sweaty, reeked. Re- All the off-campus house parties sure. my freshman year were the wildest things ever. One night, I'll even say this, I ended up in a bush. <laughs> and I have no idea how that happened, but I ended up in a bush. So it just goes to show... I was very uncomfortable as a person going into Syracuse, but I made the decision to do it off of my gut, and it was one of the best decisions that I have ever made, but it also was life-changing to me because I grew up in a small town, not a lot of people, parties every once in a while, but when there were parties, everybody knew about them, and they always got busted by the cops. So 
going to Syracuse is a whole different story. You'd go from one party to the next to the next. All different people, all people you don't really know and you're talking to and having a good time and mingling. So just to, to gain that sociable skill of meeting people, but also the transition into classes and how structure works for uh, classes in college versus high school. We went to public high school. Yeah. Dude, our hardest classes were our AP classes, right? Like that was the only really tough work we had to do. I got into college, immediately got smacked in the face with the fact that, wow, I actually have to study now? Wow, I actually have to write this much work? I really have to do all this? Hell no. I didn't want to do it. I was lazy, and it really kicked me in the ass. Yeah. But it was a life-changing perspective for me, and it made me better to the point where now I feel like I've adapted to the system of college. Obviously, we had the pandemic, the Zoom. You know, academic integrity is something that my school takes very highly. But As does every school. But what I'm saying is, is that, well, obviously not your chancellor plagiarized his entire fucking speech when he spoke at your graduation. So academic integrity, my ass. Well, so University not... of South Carolina Gamecocks, academic integrity, my ass. Dude, I'm... you're a chancellor. Literally, at the graduation, it's I called said it. He's it. a president. He's a president. President. And first of all, that's we his call... fuck up. Yeah. That's but his here's stroke. the thing. You can't say all schools do that. And then literally the head of the university plagiarizes an entire fucking speech. Okay. What well, kind of academic integrity is that? They fired him. All right. He, he resigned, quote unquote. How did he, he get in the first place? Don't ask me. I don't know, but President Pastides. Academic integrity, my Pre- President Pastides is the goat, and he was he was the fill-in for this year. They're still trying to find a new president. But anyways, I see what you're saying. Thank you for bagging on my school. I appreciate it. So no, whatever. It's just a joke. Anyways, jokes. anyways, I see what you're saying. The freshman year of college is life changing for sure, and it all goes back to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's the biggest thing that I took away from study abroad. That's the biggest thing that I took away from freshman year is that sometimes you just got to suck it up and do it and say, you know what? You only live once going back to YOLO, but it's fine. You only live once and just send it because it could be life changing. And you never know if you stay home, you never meet any of your roommates now that you have lifelong friendships with. You never know. So you got to get outside the box. You got to do what makes you uncomfortable just for the pure fact that you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And we both experienced that. We both stepped into situations in which we weren't confident in doing, but it ended up being one of the best decisions that we made in our lives. I would highly agree with that. And for anybody who looks at college and right now is sitting here listening to this podcast and they're thinking about uncomfortableness and how they want to transfer, they feel like the school's not right for them. I would say at the end of the day, no matter what college you go to, you're going to be put in an uncomfortable position to where you have to make an adjustment to your own lifestyle to make yourself feel good about yourself. But it's a great learning experience. That and goes outside. That goes outside of college too. I mean, any any opportunity that you have, you should take advantage of it. Because why not? You always have to think about what you're missing out on, I think, especially in situations that you can control. So I always thought about that. I was like, you know what? If I don't, at the time, I was nervous about studying abroad. But if I didn't do it, I never would have gotten one of the greatest experiences in my life. And same with you. If you didn't go to Syracuse, you never would have had all that experience. You would have never slept in the bush. You would have never met your roommates. (laughs) So, yes, sleeping in the bush, key takeaway. (laughs) But I think that about wraps it up here for our college, favorite college, most most impactful yes most impactful college semester something that really changed our perspective on things just from post-college and obviously getting ready to be post-college 
two alumni, and and I'm we not do there yet, but. we do love the humor of our college stories. So we could certainly tell some funny college stories later down the road. But most impactful semester as Tony's coming up on graduation and I already being graduated. This was definitely a segment that that needed to be discussed. So. As we finish up here, we're going to move into our stink bomb of the week. So stay tuned. Yeah, you smell that? It's a little bit smelly in here. It's a little bit stinky. <laughs> Welcome back to the Tag Team Podcast. We're going to get into our last segment of our episode before we close out. Obviously, it is our stink bombs of the week. So, Johnny Tags, I went first last week and proceeded to talk for the entire segment, and I feel bad about that. So, this week, we're going to let you have the floor and talk for as long as you want. What up, asshole? Thanks. <laughs> no, my, my stink bomb of the week's not that long. But anyways, this actually happened the week before last, but since... I lost that fantasy game last week. I had to cover that because it was just eating me alive. But anyways, my girlfriend Frank and I decide that we're going to take a little trip to Wrightsville Beach to get some coffee. And you do have to pay to park on Wrightsville. It's $5 an hour for those of you who don't know. And the last day to pay for parking was in fact Halloween. And the shitty part about this is that it was Halloween day. And we get to the beach and we're like, all right, it's the last day for parking. It's shitty weather outside. They're not going to have the parking attendant go by our car in the next 10 minutes. We were wrong. We were big wrong. So we parked the car and we walk over to Sundays, which is the coffee shop that we love to go to. It's definitely my favorite coffee shop. So if you've never tried Sundays, definitely check it out. Right, so Beach, North Carolina. Yep. Anyways. We go into Sundays, we get the coffee. We just take a little stroll out to the, the pier because the pier is literally right across the street just to see what the water's looking like, to get our last little glimpse, whatever, before we left. We walk back and I was making jokes. I was like, there's no way we got a parking ticket in that little bit of time. And you know what? I'm the worst jinx of all time. For those of you who don't know, it could be Cardinals betting. minus 10 and a half, lock. Whatever, I'm the worst jinx there is. So anyways, to, to go back to this point, I'd been to Wrightsville Beach like three weeks before and parking used to end on October 7th. And this year they changed it like after the date because they had all new signs up and it was October 31st and we're October 31st, excuse me. And we we're like, what the hell? They changed the date. So anyways, we get there the last day of parking, the very last day, just a few hours before the cutoff. Walking back from the pier, and we see the goddamn envelope on the windshield. Are you shitting me? They banged us home with the parking ticket. And not only did they bang us home with the parking ticket, they banged us home with a $50 parking ticket. Five zero. Not 15, not 20, 50. Five zero. Are you absolutely shitting me, Town of Wrightsville Beach? So thank you. Let me get this straight. You got banged home with a fifty dollar parking ticket from Wrightsville Beach on October thirty first, and on October seventeenth, you got banged home with a fifty dollar parking ticket 
from Anthony Taglione. Taglione. Yeah, I did. So two. So I ended up paying a hundred dollars in parking ticket fees. Not to mention, to go back to this really quickly, I don't want to backtrack. Get off track. I had to pay for my own parking at Wilmington Airport when I flew to Atlantic City. So I am at approximately 100 and now, although I split the fee with Frank, so it was 25. Anyways, I paid an absurd amount of fees for parking tickets this month. I'm sick and tired of it. Thank you, Wrightsville Beach, for banging, banging that out on the very last day. That sucked. It was my fault for being cheap and not paying the five goddamn dollars that it was to park there. And yeah, I paid the price, to say the least. All right, so I guess I'll move into my stink bomb of the week. For me, I said in the last podcast I was traveling this weekend. Well, that traveling is now halfway over. I've already had the flight to where I'm at. Obviously, I went to South Carolina, drove up to, to North Carolina where I currently am. But I'm flying back in about an hour right now, and I'm a little nervous because my stink bomb of the week comes from my very last flight that I took. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, he probably sat next to somebody with some B.O., or sat next to somebody who was stinky or gr- greasing up some food. But no, my stink bomb of the week comes to the fact of I flew into the Newark airport and I've never flown to Newark in my life. It is a weird airport. It's a nice airport though. They've got some cool things in there. And I flew United for the first time ever. I've never flown United in my life. Normally I fly American, sometimes I fly Delta, but I had never flown, flown United. So I'm like, all right, let's fly United. I fly into EWR. We flew around New York City about five times because they couldn't find a time for us to land. So at this point, I have to sprint through EWR. So I'm running to my next flight. I was flying to Savannah, Georgia. I get onto the flight final boarding. I'm like, oh my God, at this point I am tired. I just wanna be in Savannah and it's a two and a half hour flight. Not to mention to you, I have the freaking middle seat. And if you don't know something about the middle seat, that's the worst seat to have on the plane. I got the middle seat again tonight. So I guess I just have had bad luck with seat selections because I refuse to pay the $30 they like to charge for seat selections. I would rather just gamble and play the raffle. But my stink bomb of the week comes on that plane. We get on the plane, we're up in the air, we're probably about 30 minutes into this flight. They come by with the drink cartridges. I'm like, all right, I'll take a Coke. I got a Coke, some pretzels. Not to mention you, I hadn't eaten since like 10 a.m. this morning, that morning. So I was starving at that point. So I finally get some food in. Um, uh, I bought the Wi-Fi on the flight because I wanted to check out the score of the Dolphins game. Turns out I was 100% right on it being a trap game. And we're into the flight, and I'm sitting there. And I have my hoodie on because I came from Syracuse, New York, where it's about 38 degrees. And about 10 minutes go by, and all of a sudden, I feel it in my legs. starts getting super hot. I feel a little pit, uh, pit sweat start to drip. That's dirty. I'm like, what's going on right now? So I go to my air vent, I pull it open, I pull it open. It starts blowing out like the fucking Sahara Desert. This shit was blowing out 90 degree. You know when you get into the car and it's freezing cold and you turn the heat up all the way and you have to wait five minutes but you're shivering. But then it gets super freaking hot all of a sudden and then you're sweating in the car. That's what it was like in the airplane. All of a sudden everybody starts losing their shit on the plane. This plane went from about 72 degrees to about 90. I swear to God, it was about 90 degrees. And not to mention, we're all coming from the north. So everybody's bundled up in their hoodies, all hot. Next thing you know, everybody's taking out the little brochures in the back. Everybody's fanning themselves. Everybody, here's the thing. I didn't even know that there was a call attendant button up at the top. 
All of a sudden, I hear bing, bing, bing. All these blue lights start going off. I'm like, oh, shit, we're going down, aren't we? I started freaking out. I'm like, what's going on with these planes? I've never seen these red lights before. Turns out everybody was just calling the attendant to tell them that they, like everybody else in the plane, were sweating their fucking balls off. So it gets to the point where we're all just sweating, sweating, sweating. I have anxiety. So I start having a panic attack. I'm like, holy shit, dude, this is going to turn into an oven. I'm going to be baked like a turkey by the time this flight's over. So I take my I take my hoodie off. I'm the I'm joining them in the fan and of the magazines. We're all sweating. Everybody's like, oh, it's so hot. My flight turned into just an oven. And eventually they come on the intercom and they're like, sorry folks about the hard temperature about the hot temperatures. We'll get that fixed for you shortly. Just make sure you open up your air vents. So we're like, it's blowing out 90 degrees. We don't want to open our air vents. It's gonna make the thing more sweaty. So we open our air vents and about 15 minutes later. It cools back off. But let me tell you something. In the 30 minutes of hell I went through on that flight where I'm stuck in the middle seat between two people who are bundled up, now have all their layers on top of me, I'm legs together, squeezed like this, on my phone, sweating my ass off, dripping. I'm nervous. And I freaked out, had a little mini panic attack, but we, we made it all right. We landed. And I feel like it should have been one of those things where everybody is like clapping because they're like, Whoa! The, the pilot just saved the day because I feel like that's what happened. My plane, total stink bomb, sweated my ass off, and that was it. Sweating on the plane is awful. If you're ever in a situation where you're just uncomfortable temperature-wise on the plane, it's got to be one of the shittiest situations. But normally it's only like you're a little hot or you're a little cold. It yeah. turned to a fucking midsummer day in July on that plane. I thought I was in a sauna for a second. That's gross. I apologize. In that's, tight quarters, not that, to mention yeah. you. With a mask and a hoodie on, I was just like, everything was covered up. Yeah, that's, that's thanks Stink out loud. Stink For sure. For sure. Well, that's a good one. And, uh, yeah, no honorable mentions this week for you. No, I, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't have <laughs> you, got, you got another flight coming up here soon. So I know. We'll let's see. hope it's not another Dutch oven. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to God it's not. For your sake, I hope it's nice and chilly. So that'll about wrap it up here for the Tag Team Podcast, episode 14. I think it was a pretty good one, and we are excited to come back with episode 15 here soon. But thank you all for listening to the number episode of the Tag Team Podcast. I want to say this. I know I haven't been doing the ad reads yet this season, but I want to say this. If you like our content and you want to make sure that I can find a job after college, which, I mean, I'm going to try. I'm no, no, no. You could say this. If you want to make sure that you could pay for the $30 upgrade on the flight, then sponsor us. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Simple as that. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a good way to put it. There you go. So if nice you're, and easy. If you're interested in getting involved in the podcast, want to share some ideas with us, or if you're a company and you want to sponsor us, hit us up on Twitter at Tony Tartaglione, that is T-A-R-T-A-G-L-I-O-N-E, or at JTags19. Tags with an S. I'm not bougie to have tags with a Z. Yeah, no. It's tags with an S. You can't do tags with a Z. No. Yeah, so hit us up, let us know, and stay tuned for our episode next week. Or later this week, depending on how we're cooking. I think we can cook. We'll see. We'll see. You'll have to stay tuned. Stay tuned. Till next time. Peace. Toodles. Toodles.